This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the um, the Hull and Back podcast uh, with me, Ant Northgraves and Will. Say hi, Will. Hi, Will. Like it, still as effective. Um, this episode, we're going to talk about, unfortunately, the crew game. Um, and prob- Don't call it unfortunately. Well, well, yeah, it's a good thing we went through. Um, probably performance-wise, not the best thing to talk about. Uh, we'll also have an insight into um, the Shrewsbury match. Um I was actually working during the time of the crew game. So I'm going to be relying on Will because I've only watched highlights, um, mostly for some insight into this game. So, Will, how did we play? Um, well, just, uh, just before we get in there, I'll, I'll just concur with that about the not being able to see it because I did get to see it, but I, saw, I didn't see the first 10 minutes because some of you thought a half-time kickoff midweek was a good idea. Um, I'd love to meet whoever that was and give him a swift kick between the legs. Mm. Um, because I, I, I don't get that at all. Why Why we play midweek, 5.30? Well, I just think... Well, yeah, because it'd make sense if it was if anything's, you know, broadcasted. But um, in the uh, the old glorious Papa John's trophy, you wouldn't imagine that uh, kick-off times would need to be so bizarre midweek. Exactly. Um, it's so much easier to just crack on with them on a on a on a Wednesday night at seven or something like that. Give us a bit of time between the weekend games, some recovery. You would think so, but it's probably something to do with money. It always is now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, whatever. A little bit of money is involved in the Papa John's Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, anyway, the performance. Um, I would say obviously it's a positive that we went through, but the performance wasn't great. Um, it was very similar, I would say, to the Stevenage game in terms of it was a much-changed side. There was 11 changes. Um, obviously, the style 11 was Long, Fleming, Arthur, McLaughlin, Coyle, Slater, Sheaf, Doherty, Meyer, Scott and Eves. And obviously, Doherty had to come in late because of Samuelson pulling up injured in the warm-up. So, it was a very much different side. And you could tell on the pitch because the team looked very rusty, very lethargic, particularly in the first half. Um, you could tell well, they hadn't played together very often. 
it's hard. It's hard when you throw together a bunch of players who don't obviously play together that often. Um, there isn't that much of a rhythm, um, unlike obviously our usual starting eleven. I'd imagine that have got they all know each other. They've all got the partners that they, they all know where they expect somebody to be and, and their role in the team. But then when you throwing together some cup teams like Grant has in the past, um, you know, you're asking some some players to sort of just pop up some chemistry out of nowhere, which I think is is, is always difficult. Um, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I think it was it was it was good to get players like Festus Arthur in there, though. Um, yeah, absolutely. Players who haven't actually really played this season. It was good for them to get minutes, definitely. Yeah, because uh, Festus Arthur came to us and was it Stockport he came from, and all all their fans were saying. Um, that he's a really good player and they're absolutely good to lose him. So I've been, I've been wanting to see him play. I know, obviously, I still haven't um, due to our. Weird... I was, I was surprised due to the fact that we've never played him. I was surprised he wasn't maybe someone who might have been sent out on loan by Grant, but obviously he's kept him round. He obviously has a bit of faith in him to keep him round and decide to play him. Yeah, and then you've got so you got you got players like Arthur who are getting some much needed game time and some first team exposure. And then you've got two players who really need to be chomping at the bit to get into the side if they want to have any sort of um, input into the into the league team this season. You likes of Meyer and Scott um, Slater. These people need to impress, and from the sounds of it, they didn't. They didn't. No, not at all, really. Um, so the first half, in particular, Crew were definitely the better side, and definitely could have felt aggrieved to not be ahead. There was a moment where I think it's Porter for them had a header free header almost on the penalty spot maybe closer and he hit it straight along and he really should have scored it and crew in general just looked better in possession the much more threatening side um, and City just looked so like they didn't want to be it was very similar like I said to the Stevenage game they looked like a team that almost didn't want to be there in a way yeah um, went up to the challenge it, it started to change unfortunately in a way when Eves had to go off with their illness it turned out um, from Grant after the match and Wilkes came on, and while it was a concern that Wilkes came on at first, because obviously he want, he's one of our best players, he wanted to be rested, really, and maybe bring him on later. And um, once he came on, the, the the team started to have a bit more of a bite going forward. Um, but it didn't it took until the second half for City to start actually appearing to have some cohesion um, and looking like they could possibly get something from the game. It, at half time, you would have thought. Crew is going to be the one that wins this. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is Crew, um, Crew actually a fairly decent side. I think they gave us a good game in the um, in the league. If it wasn't for uh, Myers sublime cross, um, we probably wouldn't have been able to break them down. Uh, yeah, there are another team like Oxford where I think the league table position deceives. Yeah, um, they are a better side out. than where they are. Yeah, they they really make you work. Um, to score against them. And I think they sort of epitomise League One in a way. They're the kind of team that are just going to fight two for nil to try and get something from it. They're not going to be a walkover. No team in this league is. Uh, did they play a full-strength 11 crew? I'm not quite sure. I meant to have a look between the sides that played when we last played them. But I think there was um, not as many changes as we had made in comparison. Yeah, um, yeah I only ask really because um, it'd be interesting because obviously we, we, we've played a, what is a weaker side. If they'd played a similarly strong side to what they did against us in the in the cup, then we've got nearly near enough a similar result. Um, 
It's quite interesting because even playing badly, our second string team is, is managing to pull off quite a solid, if not astounding and an and attractive performance. They're being resolute and hard to beat, um, which is always a good sign because they literally can only get better in second sense. But if they're buying into this ethos that McCann is wanting them to play in like the first team and, and on all players are trying to get into the system, if the players who are asked to step in because of injury or whatever, like most likely this group of players that have just played, they're going to add to this sort of solid foundation that we've got in the league, which is always good, I think. I've just had a look and uh, yeah, the, the team, there is a few changes in Crew's team compared to the one when we played them earlier in the season, but there are a few other attacking players that play in both games, particularly I'd say um, Finney. Finney looks like a very good player for Crew. Um, I think he looked all right when we played them earlier in the season, but he looks a particular danger last night. Yeah, they may, they, they may have used him then as more of that. Um, for example, if we'd have played Wilkes from the start, we'd have probably played our game through Wilkes and they've probably done the same with, with him. If he's if he's a fairly uh, threatening player, then the impetus is going to go through them more than, um, you know, use that as that player to um, to build off, play around him. Yeah, um, but as I was saying, until the first half, City looked like they were on the way out quite frankly. But in the second half, it took a bit of time, but we seemed to be finding our feet. There was a point very early in the second half where Maya missed an absolute sitter. Um, the ball came to him. I can't remember who crossed it. I think it was Fleming, but I can't be sure. Um, was crossed into the box and it just hit him and he didn't react fast enough and he really had the time to as well. And he really should have at least had a shot. He didn't really have a shot. It just hit him. But... Um, not long after that was when Festus Arthur put the ball in the back of the net and it was ruled for offside. Um, I have no idea if it was offside. Not, I haven't seen a replay of it. I've seen no the replay on Twitter and I genuinely believe... Well, I can't honestly see how the Lionos thought he's offside when he, he, he's, he's really not. Yeah, it was it was very touch and go, I thought, from what I could tell. But um, it was it's just one of them situations where, again, we're talking about poor officiating I don't know what we expect would we rather have VAR it's, these are them kind of moments I did think in terms of the ref given I did think in terms of the ref there was a point where he could have sent off um, NG the captain for them he had a couple yeah. of cynical fouls when he was on a yellow card and uh, he got away with them to be honest yeah it's just you don't really want to get bogged down in talking about officials because nah because apart from those two little moments the officials weren't much there wasn't much to say about it, especially compared to the last game against Oxford. Yeah, um, I, w- I, w- I would say City can't put anything on the officials for this game at all, really, because they didn't really deserve to take that lead of Festus's goal has been allowed, to be honest. No, yeah, well, yeah, um, exactly. The, the result, the power to, to, to have the result of the game is entirely in our team's hands. So if, if we're berating um, official decisions in a match, then ultimately we still didn't do enough in the rest of the game to, um, to ensure that that wasn't the deciding factor between a win and a draw. Uh, yeah. Well, there were a couple of extra other moments. I think that, that um, disallowed goal was actually kind of the impetus. From that point on, City, uh, I think we're becoming the better side as it went on. They weren't much better. It wasn't a good performance, of course, but they didn't look anywhere near as bad as in the first half. I think 
Um, Scott had a free header, which he really should have done better with. Uh, that was a decent cross from Fleming on that. Um, there was a penalty shot on Scott as well, but I don't think it was a penalty. I think he went down a bit too easy. Yeah, he does seem a bit lightweight, Scott. He's, he's, he's one of these players who, I tweeted not long back saying it was good to see him. I think he was on the back of the Grimsby game when he played really well. That's when I said, um, it was looking like Scott's finally finding his feet and it's looking like he could be a big player for us this season. But he's another one. There's just so many players in that sort of cup squad, if you want to call them that, um, that obviously have ability and they're so frustrating in the fact that you don't see it um, as often as we should. Um, I think Scott Meyer. Um, I do like the look of Slater, to be honest. I think Slater um, looks like he could be quite an impressive player this season, given some more game time. Um, I like the look of McLaughlin. He's pretty solid. Um, I think he's quite dependable. Um, but to be fair, before we get into all that, I think what we should do, who was your man of the match? Well, I'm not sure about... Um, I would probably say um, McLaughlin, actually. Um, I thought he looked very good in defence. He looked much better playing in his preferred centre-back role than he did playing left-back against Stevenage. Um, yep. And obviously having a proper left-back in Fleming helped. And I thought Fleming was okay as well. Obviously, George Long, Carlo passed him after the penalty play shootout itself, um, making a couple of saves. And uh, I would say Coyle had a decent start end game as well. And first, yeah. just uh, looked okay. He looked a bit off the pace at first, but he sort of grew into it. And um, as I already mentioned, Wilkes had had a decent... He, he'd added a little bit to it. He didn't do much, but he added some attacking intent. Um, obviously, Doherty came came into the side after Samuelson went down with injury and you could tell he was he played a lot you know or you could tell yeah. he played full on on that because he, he he looked a little leggy especially in the second half he started looking very leggy but he did have a decent set game um, and I think man of the match would probably be McLaughlin um, if I had to pick one player in particular I think he looked decent in the back um, more so than the other players on the pitch and I'll also give a shout out to Adelkin just purely for scoring the winning penalty Um we, I criticised him a couple of days ago, saying he was probably our weakest signing. Mm-hmm. But when he came on, he looked okay. Um, and obviously, he dispatched the penalty very nicely. And the, that penalty shot there was a bit of a... It was pretty poor. Some of those penalties were very bad. Um, yeah. But I, I'm getting sick of penalty shootouts, quite honestly. It's the fourth one we've had this season, I think. Yeah, we're, we're struggling to see games out in the cup, aren't we? Yeah, and, um, got, and another... Should have never happened because we should have yeah. won that game. Um, oh. um, and another thing I noticed was um, it's the first time we've not scored since the opening game um, against Sunderland in the, the in the League Cup. It's a long time since that game now, but we scored in every game since then. But that runs over now. Uh, it's, it's it's we've still scored in every league game, so we'll we'll keep yeah. we'll keep that stat. We'll just pretend the cup games don't exist. I will say <laughs> before before we finish on the on the group thing. Obviously, we was on about players looking to cement, try and get into the first team. And obviously, players like Meyer and Scott and Slater, they're going to have to do much better to get into the first team. I thought they were probably the three weakest players on the pitch um, for City, yeah. them three. Um, I didn't think Max Sheaf had a great game either, to be honest. Um, I wanted him to, but he, he, he just seemed out of it. He seemed very rusty. Yeah, well, sometimes um, maybe with a bit more... Uh, first team exposure, you'd see uh, better of him, but you know the odd 
we don't know how much football he's played. Um, is he is he in the in, under twenty three squad? I would assume he is. I think he's played a lot for the other reserve side. I think he's been playing on the regular. But yeah. anyway, I think that's so enough that... negativity. Negativity for a victory, really. To be honest, we won. Yeah. We're through. I know it's not the biggest trophy in the world, but it'd be nice to have a bit of silverware out of it. If we can go to Wembley and hopefully by the time um, that that date rolls around, we might be able to attend, which would be nice. Um, I mean, I mean, look at it this way: we don't win cups, do we? We're, we're we're not we're not blessed with silverware throughout history, so I think we should probably try and win this cup, considering the fact that if we get promoted, we're not going to be competing in it again next season. No, of course. Um, um, I yes, will say... a pathetic little trophy that um, you couldn't care less about if you lost or win before the final. But, you know, it would be nice to win at least something. Um, considering the end of last season as well, it'd be a nice little um, turnaround. Yeah. Um, I want to say now, um, Papa John, if you're listening, we're up for a sponsorship deal. <laughs> yeah, um, um, it's the biggest trophy in the world. Um, don't listen to what we just said. It's it, we want to win it. It's, it's all we've ever wanted. Um, I, I did have a look and see who was in the draw for tomorrow, um, just to see who the sort of sides that are back that are left in the competition. So we've got Accrington, Lincoln, Leicester's under twenty ones, Port Vale, Tranmere, Sunderland, and Fleetwood. Um, it's a mix of teams from the across the two divisions and obviously the under-21 side which we faced earlier you in the You don't want to play under-21 side anyone but the under-21 side because well, it just feels like They're the only one left thankfully at this point um, all the other ones got eliminated I think it was I can't remember which team I think it was uh, Nor- Norwich's under-21s got trounced 6-0 by MK Dons um, mm. which is what you want to see to be honest because Maybe a Sunderland or a, or a um, Lincoln would be a would be a very tasty tie I mean, personally, um, personally, I want Port Vale just purely because of the lowest-ranked side there. Um, yeah, in terms of progression, you want the lowest side there. But, but Stephen, Stephen, the other day, so it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, true. They can be up for it more than us, which is often the case. Um, it's probably worth giving a shout out then as well to um, George Long because obviously up for sometimes justifiably up for a lot of criticism. Um, last season, he was. It was pretty poor. I don't know if it's just because um, morale and forming the team was at an all-time low or if his defenders just stopped trusting him. I do think a goalkeeper's performance does rely entirely on um, the players in front of him and how much they trust him as a player. And I think he lost it a bit, maybe. Uh, yeah, I would say right. this season when he's played, yeah, rightfully, he's looked a lot better. Yeah, rightfully lost his place to Ingram, I would say. Yeah, yeah def- definitely. When he's been called upon this season, he has done, he has done okay. Um, saved two penalties, did he? They put one over the bar. Yeah, he saved two of them. Uh, one of them, I mean, fair play to him for staying completely still. I can't remember which one it was who missed exactly for Crow on that one, but he hit straight on the middle. And normally keepers never stay still in a shootout. No, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good knack to get into in penalties penalty shootouts where. Um, because some keepers literally just, just choose a side and dive and you hope for the best rather than uh, to make that decision to stand still in the middle and think that that's where they're going to go. Um, he, did look, he did look very surprised when he actually it hit him. I think he wasn't well, expecting maybe, him to hit his straight on the middle. Maybe he didn't mean to do it. Maybe he was daydreaming and 
No, I think I think the thing you need to do it is just <laughs> his reaction was as if he couldn't believe that the striker had it straight down the middle. Yeah, I mean, but he, he, I think Long in general this season, I don't think he's really done anything wrong. To be fair, this season I, I gave him quite a bit of stick last season. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think, but maybe I think maybe season, it's a good thing for him because like. In in these scenarios now where we play in cup games, he can slowly rebuild his confidence and um, get back to because to, let's let's be honest, before January he actually was he was making some really really good saves and he was he was performing quite well. We, we, it's easy to forget that obviously because of how the season ended, but he wasn't a bad player. I, I remember saying on Twitter that he was one of the most underrated players in the league at the time. Um, he was making some cracking saves. And he was putting in some good performances, but. It's just it's it's all about that confidence, isn't it? I don't know if he's just literally just lost it all. Yeah, everything just seemed to go wrong at the same time last season. I think. Yeah, there's a... there's a multitude of things that can literally get a player to go uh, down that road where you lose your form, you lose confidence in yourself, you lose confidence in your team, and obviously that awful run at the end of last season would 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 really take a toll on some of the season veteran players. So. Um, yeah, good for him. Good for him that he can start churning out some decent performances and get back up to a, a level where he can be a bit more um, expressive in his performance again uh, and get back to his usual self because you do need two decent keepers. And it's nice that we've got two keepers of similar ability that can um, easily step into the first team slot and, and probably not really make a difference because um, Ingram has surprised me. Um I did. I did think that he was a temporary solution, and that McCann would eventually put Long back into the team. But it, yeah, uh, it doesn't look that way, to be honest. So he has he has got to start using these cup games as Long to try and persuade him to get back into that first team. So it's only a good thing, really. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, man of the match wise, then. So who would you say needs to improve? What's their worst player? Because. That's not the type of terminology you want to be using, but who who do you think out of that game needs to start booking their ideas up? Um, um probably the like I said before the three I mentioned before, Myers, Scott, and Slater, because if they want to, if obviously Grant, obviously watching that game, he can't pick any of them for the next game at all. They could have been nowhere near it. Um, they don't, they don't, they don't deserve to be quite honestly because they were just, they didn't, just didn't seem so out of it. Unenthusiastic. Yeah, I'm not saying that's exactly what the reason that's what it was, but they didn't they didn't feel like they were trying as hard as they could be. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of them things, isn't it? Because they, they are young. I mean, uh, and also Meyer to be fair, in a new country. To be fair as well, I've got to give a bit of credit to Crew because, um, like I said, first half they looked decent, and the second half they defended really well. Um, despite having a couple of decent chances, they were very good on when they were defending. So it wasn't all just we went bad. It was also some of crew were decent. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's the thing of we're not playing them. Where is Where would you say what is James Scott's best position? Because to me, I would like to see him play as, a, as, as through the middle as the striker. I think he's got the build and, and and the play style that would suit a striker more than a winger. Yeah, I've thought, uh, I've thought for a while it would make more sense to play him as a centre of man, or at least try it. Um, and he might actually get a chance as a result of um, Eve's illness, if that's the case. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he played well, obviously, yesterday, but going into the Shrewsbury game, Scott might be the main striker on the bench on the bench for us. Yeah, because you've got KLP who can play there too. Wilkes can play through the middle. We've got a lot of um, versatility on that front line, which is a good thing. But I do genuinely believe that we, we should be trying Scott through the middle because I just don't think he... When I see him play, he doesn't play like a winger. I, I don't know how to put it into words. It's quite difficult to... You, usually, well, when you think winger, you think arrogant, take a player on, run at him, whip a ball in, um, boundless energy kind of player. Whereas Scott, I don't think he likes to... He prefers to come to the ball rather than running behind. Um, yeah. He, he likes to drift into the middle. And I just think that natural, if he wants to be in the middle, then probably that's where he should be playing. Um, because I've noticed as well in the cup sides, when I mentioned about Eve spending too much time on the wing when he needs to be in the box as his aerial threat, I think it's usually because Scott's drifted central and there's a space on the wing that needs filling. So Eve's, as a footballer, as you would, would go into the space. And that means Eve's pushes out wide and then Scott sort of just lingers not fully in that striker role, but sort of in the vicinity of Eves. And then that's why we lose the ball, because there's no one in the box. So I just think, I don't know, I don't know if other people agree with me. Um, I, I think Scott should be tried as a centre-forward, uh, centre more more opposed to a winger. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Um, but like I say, I think because of the way he's playing, I wouldn't have him playing at all at the moment, at least. Just because he's been so poor. Down to then, who else do you play? Because... You can say the same That's thing. The thing. Um, he he obviously has ability. There is definitely a player there. Um, he just seems to. The end product is always the wrong decision at the moment. He shoots when he should pass. And he passes when he should shoot. Kind of thing. Um, I don't know if that's just because he's maybe like bad being in a new club, new country. But he's he's another one like Scott. Who, seems to be just not hitting the notes that you want them to hit. Um, and as a fan, you, you've seen what they can do, so it sort of makes you a bit more mad. Because they don't necessarily play bad. You don't come out of a game thinking, oh, you played shocking. You come out of a game saying, he could have done more. And I think it's that that potential for him to, to have been so much better that, that frustrates people. Right, uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, this part, we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming Shrewsbury game on Saturday, back to league action. Um, so, current run, what are we unbeaten in six? Five wins and a draw. In the league, yeah. Yeah, five oh, wins and a draw. Still scored every league game. So, we've still got that going for us. Um, what do you expect, Will? What are you saying? Well, um one of two things, really. We're first and they're 23rd. So it's either going to be, I think, personally, either going to be a, a comfortable performance for City or a 1-0 loss. Mm. Well, it's, it's one of them games, isn't it, where I think you've got that danger of going into um, some kind of complacency and having it bite you on the ass. Um It does have the feel of a a typical city performance yeah, to it. Yeah, some, something's um, coming. Because Crew have not won, I think, in the league in 10 games. 
Um, it's a great chance to keep, obviously, the gap at the top, but it is a fixture right for a typical City performance. Yeah. I mean, Shrewsbury, sure, sure they just sat, they just sacked Ricketts, aren't they, as well? Which is blasphemous. Uh, yeah, not long ago, yeah. Maybe was as a right back, maybe not so as a manager. But they might have that little um, little burst of form you get uh, in your honeymoon period with a new manager. You've always got that danger. I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about yeah, Shrewsbury, it, Chris, let's be honest. I think it's uh, Steve Correll's in charge there now, who, um, of course, was at Bristol at yeah, one not point. A bad, uh, not a bad appointment. He was at Birmingham, I think, most recently. The fans weren't happy, so maybe that huge change in system, because I know Ricketts was playing, um, from what they were saying on Twitter, was five at the back formations, a lot of defenders, uh, very negative tactics. Obviously, wasn't working, uh, resulted in him losing his job. So maybe the new manager comes in, goes completely opposite, plays attacking football, try and win the fans over quickly. And we have that danger where if we don't play to 100%, a team that starts to take it to us surprisingly, a bit like Oxford did, uh, could catch us off guard. So there is always that danger. I mean, Wilkes playing, you'd still assume he'd start. I would assume he's start. I'm not sure he'll start now because he had so much time in the uh, the crew game. I think he might actually be on the bench just to, just because he came on so early in the crew game. He might start mm-hmm. him on the bench because obviously Shrewsbury being lower down in the table, he can take a bit more of a risk on that. What's do you reckon the front three of KLP, McGuinness, and Adelican? I think it's an opportunity to bring KLP back into the starting eleven. Um, definitely, obviously having missed a couple of games as a result. And I think if Wilkes obviously play midweek, as much as I want him to play, you've got to keep these players. He needs a maybe on off the bench. Um, it's probably yeah, I- I'd maybe bring him on off the bench. I think f- to start the game, I'd definitely have KLP coming back into the side just just from a fitness point. I mean, of view. fair, I'd bring KLP back um, in anyway because I do think that um, Adelican with his hot and cold performances. You know what you're getting with KLP every game. Um, I just think we're so much more of a, an attacking threat when Lewis Potter's in the team. I like his directness. That that goal against uh, yeah. Swindon was was amazing, and that's the kind of uh, dynamism that he brings to the game. He just you can tell he's young and enthusiastic, and with it being his hometown club, I just think he gives it that bit more. Um, he is he's, he's yeah. a bit of a a bit of a wild card as well because maybe Shrewsbury wouldn't expect us to play him. Um, so you've got that as your advantage as well. I think I would uh, keep Adel- I, I would keep Adelkin in the side purely because he might have the confidence of maybe getting the winning penalty might actually help a lot and the shootout as well. Yeah. You, you'd um, so we'd have Honeyman we'd have our usual eleven. Would you? Would you? St- uh, Bear could be back in though, won't he? Because Alfie Jones is out. Yeah, I would imagine Bear could come in, and I would maybe because again, like Doherty is another one. He played almost the full game. He did play the full game um, against Crew after playing the full game against Oxford. I think he needs a rest. So I'd maybe. I'm not sure who I'd bring in for him. What, what were options? Um, so we've got Slater. You got Chadwick. Uh, Callum Jones is he? Does he play centre mid? Is he more of a winger. 
Batty, is he? I am wondering, but I think Batty might be the the right choice. I think he's injured. Um, I think Doherty might have to play because there isn't really anyone to step in that didn't play against um, Crew. So obviously Honeyman would start. Smallwood will come back in. Jones, who could play centre mid, is out. Um, Batty's injured. I think what, I've no- what we're noticing actually is that injuries are starting to become a problem for the side. And where there was some squad depth before, there's starting to become a bit of a a hole in the team. Yeah, maybe only really in a centre midfield position, but I would assume that um, we have the means uh, in terms of youngsters to step in. I mean, it's it's a good job that it's against Shrewsbury and not. You know, we're not got this problem ahead of Lincoln, for example, or Portsmouth. Um, I, I, I just think that Honeyman, Smallwood, and probably I would have. I, well, I, I expect Docky to start again, to be fair, because he did have a little bit of time out, didn't he? Um, he played like near enough every game at the beginning, so maybe this is another run of him playing every game again for a while before having another rest. Because uh, it's either going to be Docky or Slater, I would think you would be your um, your choices for that position. Yeah, both both played against. Yeah, uh, so. so it's hard to say. The I think the midfield is going to be a tricky one to to predict. Yeah. I think. Um, I mean, we can only we can only um, we can only find out. I suppose again that the front three, as we've just said, is going to be a guess. Back four, you would assume Beck's going to come in. You'd assume you. Oh, yeah, I think I think the back four yeah. will be back to uh, the strongest. Greaves, I think it'll be Greaves, um, Bear, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, who has actually just mentioned it now. Emmanuel has been nominated for Player of the Month, um, so his performances have deserved it definitely. So hopefully something happens there. Yeah, he deserves some sort of recognition because the guy's been brilliant. His consistency level has been absolutely fantastic, um, and he seems to be the only one really that has his position threatened on a regular basis because Coyle, whenever he plays, is very good too. So maybe that is the reason that Emmanuel is playing so well and so often. It's because he knows that if he one bad game, he could be out and lose his place to, to Coyle. Um, so maybe that player of the month award, if he could manage to win it, would be that thing to sort of be like, yes, mate, keep that level up. Look what you're getting. You're getting your recognition now. Even if he's using us as a step to get to another club, which is probably... Well, I think Ehab admitted planning to buy cheap, sell high. Um, we sound like some uh, some shopping on this road now. Um, <laughs> the realities of League One. But anyway, uh, um, beating Shrew- who's our game in hand? It's I would, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Um, well, us and Lincoln are now on the, we're both on the same number of games. Um, so it's... Well, we're, get, we're, we're, we're both behind a couple behind us. Peter Braffing. Yeah, it, it was Peterborough and uh, Portsmouth of all at 16. Okay. But Accrington are on 13 games, so they've, they're uh, Accrington great have points behind us. Well, yeah, if they won their games in hand, they'd be right up there in the mix. They'd be level with Lincoln if they won both their games in hand. Um, so they are. They're, they're, there's definitely something there. Um, I would say Lincoln played Shrewsbury last night and um, Lincoln comfortably beat... I know it's obviously weak in size, but Lincoln comfortably beat them 4-1, so hopefully that's a bit of a, an omen. Yeah. 
um, in and out, yeah. in terms of where the, where the teams are. But I also don't like playing against teams who have just suffered a heavy defeat. I've always said very true. Um, as soon as you, um, as soon as you play a team that has just lost heavily, you can guarantee that they are doing extra training sessions. They're getting extra telling off from the manager, and it sort of gives them a I, bit more I, of that I, this, fight. At the same time, Shrewsbury. At the same time, Shrewsbury, as mentioned before, they've not won in ten. I know this is all this is all going to come back to bite me on the ass. Um, but Shrewsbury, they haven't won in ten. They've only won one league game all season. They don't look like us. They look like a side that's going to be in that bottom three. Yeah, but, you, um, but we all know as a whole city fan, if a team is on an awful winning. Uh, losing streak. That's exactly that's exactly when they beat us. Exactly. We're everybody's best friend. You can come to us. We'll give you three points. Probably a hat trick for someone on your team. Um, come on over. All City's your best mate. But yeah, it's, it could be one of those games. But then I have also said that we are due to absolutely drop somebody. This is the kind of game where we could win six nil or we would lose a frustrating one nil. I don't think there's any in between. Yeah, this is it. Like I said at the start, I think it's going to be either I think maybe a comfortable performance for City or they'll lose. Yeah. It just feels like there's, there's no in between. And now we've said that, it'll probably be a draw. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah probably. We're going to draw a ring run now after not drawing for so long. We'll draw the last two in a row. Um, it, it's, it is an opportunity, though, to, to start really setting out some sort of pace. Um. Because if you think about it, what what we on twelve wins? No, eleven wins from sixteen, um, or eleven wins from. 15. And it, it is also worth looking at um, Lincoln are playing Sunderland at um, the same time, and obviously there's a that's a much closer clash than uh, we've got. So it might be an opportunity for us to extend extend that gap. Yeah, if you want to win the league, these are the games you've got to be winning. Um, with 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 this sort of month that we've got. With the likes of Portsmouth and Lincoln still to come, and possibly Accrington, whenever that that appears, um, we need to beat the likes of Shrewsbury, and just to ensure, just give yourself that little bit of a um, compensation cushion um, in case, obviously, you get a bad result against one of the teams around us. Um, I don't think I don't think we play Accrington until the end of January. I think that's when we clear them. I don't remember next. seeing it confirmed, no. so I just didn't. Want I'm just going to check the fixtures. Maybe that's that's a good thing because who knows what's going to happen in January. But we do need to come out of this month with, um, if we're still in the top two come January, I think we're in for a very very big chance of going up. And these Shrewsbury games are the kind of ones that you have to be coming away with a comfortable win. Not not even just you, you know don't play badly either. It's got to be keep some sort of momentum because if we if we start getting into this little hole now where Game by game, we're going by and getting more and more frustrated. It sort of lingers on the club. You don't want to be going into Portsmouth um, on the back of a couple of itchy performances. Um, so maybe a nice... I'm, I'm actually going to predict a nice convincing 4-0 win. I'm going to be very optimistic. I'm going to reckon KLP will get a couple. Prediction league will be fun. In the fans' form. Oh, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I could uh, be that optimistic, but um, I, I don't want to risk it. But I have said a couple, I think I'll be maybe three-one. Three. Um, but this this is always when you predict when both of us predict to win. That's the curse is put down on us there. Yes, absolutely. I, 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 my head says four-nil. My no, my heart says four-nil. My head says one-nil loss. <laughs> Good. 
This is our, uh, typical. Typical city is just too. It's can't look past it. Do you remember the the Peterborough game in the Championship under Steve Bruce when we were? I think we were in the top four, and Peterborough had lost their first seven games of the season. Didn't look like they were ever going to win a game, and they came to the KC and beat us three. Oh, yeah, I think... Who was it who scored a hat-trick? I can't remember now. Um, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. It just... It reminds me... I've got that kind of feeling about it. But we're going to pretend that that didn't happen. and We're, we're a whole new team this year. <laughs> and we're very convincing. We've won 11 games out of 16. What we've been pessimistic for, it's going to be a resounding win. Um, oh, this is going to be... Oh, when we get back to this. <laughs> if I get some tweets with them quotes after losing, then um, I'll take them on the chin. It's fine. Who would... Would you actually maybe be tempted to put Coyle in at right back instead of Emmanuel? Just to sort of... It, it's a weird call. And it's a weird question. But it's one that's quite interesting because I, I do think, obviously, there is absolutely no reason to drop Emmanuel. And I'm not saying... But there is also yeah. You kind of answered your, you've answered your own question yeah, there. Yeah, I no, you no. can't drop it. There's absolutely no reason to. But I, I would actually think that maybe Grant is tempted to put Coyle in just because it's kind of it a lower down in the league team. Yeah, just because you might want to make sure Emmanuel is pristine for maybe some of the tougher games we've got coming up. I don't know. I don't know. You might even necessarily play a slightly weaker team. You might even say Scott start and and, and a couple of others dropped. But it's just... You just cannot see Coyle ever getting into the league squad. And I think Grant is going to look for an opportunity to maybe give him that chance to to, to thrive um, and see how Emmanuel reacts to it. Because maybe there's a, there's a personality. You don't know how... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Maybe how arrogant Emmanuel is as a player. He might not take to being dropped. Yeah, you don't want to upset squad morale. Um, I would say when you when he's playing as well as he is, there's no reason. to Yeah, no, absolutely as well as not. Perry, as well as Pearl's No, it'd be like saying you got to drop McGinnis and you can't really at the moment, can you? Because the guy's on fire. You, you got to you got to play your players that are in form. It was more of a hypothetical. Well, I think thanks to Eves's uh, illness, McGinnis has cemented his space at least for the weekend. Yeah. That actually um, leads me on to another thing. McGinnis, how do you think... Um, has he surpassed what you expected of him this year? Yeah, um, like we said um, last week, I think he's uh, been thoroughly underrated by a lot of uh, City fans out there. And I think he deserves a lot more credit um, with what he does in the match, because I know um, it, a lot of the times the game can pass him by because he's the like a lone striker up front, so he doesn't get massive amounts of support. But when he does, when he does get the ball, he always does something with it, whether that be. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been I've been critical of um, McGinnis in the past. And it's only because I just don't think he has the mobility. I, I prefer Eves in terms of how he moves about the pitch sometimes too much, like veering out as a winger. But McGinnis, I just feel like he kind of just lingers around on the pitch. But then, when you look at it from more of a tactical standpoint, 
he is actually critical to the way that we play at the moment because we like to, as much as we're trying to get it down on the floor and play it about, we do like to sort of hit it up to McGinnis and be a bit more direct. And his hold-up play allows the likes of McGinnis and KLP to get forward more and have that sort of running behind. Because if you have a striker that runs in behind, one of the wingers has to drop deep to bring the ball forward um, or a midfielder, which leaves a hole in the midfield for a counter-attack. And the fact that McGinnis is the one that comes deep and plays is that false nine. Wilkes and that KLP can get beyond him. And it sort of gives us that... Um, that driving force to, to get the ball in the box quite often, which I think is why we've scored so many goals this season. We've done so well. Um, so maybe McGinnis is one of the players you've sort of got to look into more rather than just judging by like his energy levels. Um, I know I... Yeah, he's, there's a few other players like that where I think you don't look at them just purely based on stats. You look at them based on the actual performance. Yeah, and what they offer to the team. Uh, like, for example... Yeah. Um, Smallwood is probably going to be one of them who's not going to win many of the man of the matches. But when you look back at the games he's played, um, that unfashionable, um, crunching challenge kind of player who's just happy to break up the play and then just do a short two-yard pass to somebody who's a bit more gifted than him. And he happily, I think I remember him saying that in his interview when he signed for us where he says, I just like to, to do the gritty work and then just give it to the the attacking lads and let them do what they want. And that's the kind of thing you need. I think recruitment-wise this year, we've looked at each position and gone, we need more threat from the full-backs, which we've got. We need a bit more solid, uh, solidarity in front of the back four, went and got it. We need a bit more flair and energy and attack, so we've got Docky. Honeyman is now on another level. And then we need a bit more enthusiasm up front and he's started KLP a bit more. So he's, he's, he's obviously looked back at what our weaknesses were last season where we need to strengthen and he has done so. Yeah, he has. He's definitely evolved from the... I don't even know the way to describe it. Horror show. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, that's a bit mild, but... <laughs> but, um, so if we beat Shrewsbury... Plus, is in a very commanding position. Um, we've both gone for a win. That's what it should be. Um, we've speculated on who we think is going to start. Do think... yeah, I would like an I would like an unchanged side, but yeah, I mean, well, we can't do it this way. I, I think we're with the way we're playing. You would assume that in training we are we are improving fitness levels because we do play at a very high. Um, tempo um, and you've got to be a very fit side to do it well which we are doing now you don't know maybe you might see a start of a burn outcome January where it's halfway through the season or we've been training well to the point now that this is going to be out for the rest of the year so problems like this if, if we have got a fit squad where Docker is playing fairly regularly for example um, would probably be in the starting 11 again and then you just sort of when it starts to get leggy later on, you bring somebody else on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is later in the game I'll be a little bit more worried about because of the players like Wilkes and Doherty who played midweek, played a full game almost, and 
it depends on the players who've come on and if they can continue the performance, depending on, depending on what the performance is at that point in the game, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think um, we'll do one more thing, then I'll give you one more um, prediction. Um, just for any of the fans forum listeners that are out there, who do you think is going to be first goal scorer? Oh, um, I'm going to hope it's my boy George, George Honeyman. Um, he deserves a goal. He hasn't scored for a few games. He's been, like I said last week, I think he's one of the. I think he might be the best player in the league. That's my personal opinion. But I think he's City's best player in terms of performances on the regular. I think he deserves to get on the score sheet again. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. Do you know what? I'm going to use that. And that's going to be my... You'll see my comment in there. I'm going to say Honeyman first as well. I'll go with you well. I'll trust you. Um, you mean, you mean you're going to blame me when I'm wrong? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll, um, we'll leave that one there. Um, um, I do have one question actually myself just for you just to ask out there yeah, go for it um, it goes back to the uh, Papa John's trophy and it's um, what do you think about under 21 sides in these top competitions mm, good question I think it's a weird one because you want as a Premier League side well as a football side anyway you want your youngsters to be playing against. We're playing in in very competitive fixtures as opposed to just sort of meaningless um, youth fixtures. Um, so maybe from a Premier League side perspective, it's very good because their youngsters are getting a, a kickabout in what is probably against some quite strong League One first sides. Uh, but from our perspective as a League One team competing in the Cup against an under-21 side, it kind of has a feel about it where it's... It, I don't know. It, it sort of highlights how silly this Cup is. Um, it makes... It, it sort of feels like a non-entity game where, for example, we lost against Leicester's under-21s, didn't we, in the group? But we practically played our under-21s too. We played the younger side. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just... I don't know. I just think I, maybe... I, I've, no, go on. I think it makes a mockery of the lower leagues in general. Yeah. Um, oh, no, yeah. Because... We, we, could, we could full well play a full-strength full, full strength side and then come up against some youngsters who have probably never played a professional game in their career yet. Because before they were on it, they, they haven't replaced any of the clubs that would have been in it. They've just been added on to the tournament. And there never used to be a group stage to it. It used to just be straight knockout. Um, and I think it's a slippery slope because if you bring these sort of sides into the scenario, eventually it becomes normalised and it gets to the point where suddenly those discussions of a league three um, don't sound as ridiculous as they did back then. And the idea of the under-21 side suddenly becoming league clubs. And... Um, I think the concern is the these under-21 sides, if it comes to it, dominating the competition. This season, it's not looking as bad because only Leicester, I think, are the only ones left out of the dozen or so that go into the competition. But if it gets to a point where under-21 sides are 
the only sides doing well in it. I think it makes a mockery of the actual clubs who are down there who don't really have a chance of silverware. Um, and it's like their only chance. And you've got all these teams that their reserve sides are uh, filling up the spaces. Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very valid reason. I don't know. I can't find any sort of counter argument to that. I would maybe ask, um, say we were a Premier League side and our under-21s were competing in this cup. Would you still think... What, what, what's, wrong, what's wrong with there being an under-21s cup? Why do they have to be in an actual, already com- an already existing competition that has full professional league clubs in it? Why can't they be in their own competition? Yeah. I mean, I think they probably do have their own. I don't, I don't, I don't know what um, youth football. I don't know what happens in it, but I, I would assume they have their own league system and cup. Um, so maybe they should just get readded into whatever they're in. But I'm just thinking that I, I, I totally agree with you. By the way, but I am just saying that maybe if we were a Premier League club and your under twenty, our under twenty one side was um, getting some what is essential. Um, real game experience against some gritty lower league sides that are going to help build a lot of character and, and put some experience in your youngsters, you'd probably feel different. Um, but as a league, well, you feel a lot worse. I would, rather, I would rather those players go out and learn to those clubs mm. and get that experience through being on loan. I think it's just unfair to those clubs lower down who struggle already financially, particularly this year, and um, possibly being pushed aside. Yeah. Just to favour some of like a few clubs at the top, and it seems to be a regularly occurring thing at this point. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting one, and it would probably be one of these that uh, we're going to open up to anybody who's listening. If you've got a um, any sort of view on it, do tweet um, either the podcast or, or me or Will. Uh, our Twitter handles are on there because um, yeah, like I said, there's there's not much I can find to disagree with you. I just thought I would try and find some sort of counter-argument because it would be much of a discussion if I just said, yeah, I agree. Um, but <laughs> there, there, there will be some people who probably do think that it's a good thing uh, and it would be interesting to see your views on it because yeah, that's a cracking question, to be fair. Um, I just, I, I personally just feel like it, it sort of reflects the competition as, as, as it just makes it feel a bit silly. I mean, not only is the cup called the Papa John's Trophy now, but yeah, when, you, when you're playing against youngster teams, it just... It sort of brings you back, brings you back down to earth, and makes us realise what level we're at again now. Um, it's not a nice reminder about how fast we've just fallen from um, our Premier League grace. Um, gone are the days of double overhead kicks against the reigning champions, and now are the days of losing to Leicester's youth side. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> some that perspective. But yeah, that's an interesting one. To, so, if anybody wants to um, tweet their opinion. That'd be um, be a nice discussion to have. I think um, it's always an interesting one. But yeah, cracking question. Well, well played. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I thought I'd surprise you at the end. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, that, that you caught me well off guard. To be fair, it's not something I've been able to talk about to anybody. It's not something I've thought about really because I've just assumed that we're a League One side we're competing this um, weird little trophy now. Um, it's not something you you necessarily just sort of begin to ponder, but you obviously have. Um, what we'll do is we'll leave it there then um, and we will thank Will firstly for, for joining me again always nice 
Thank you. Um, and As always. We'll, and we'll thank anybody who's listened. Um, we will try and get back onto you with another episode after crew. Probably talk uh, after Shrewsbury, not crew. Um, talk about the... Let's see, I'm having deja vu. Yeah, I don't want to talk about crew again. Um, we'll, we'll reflect on the game there. Hopefully it's a positive one and uh, look forward to some other ones. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch or talk about anything, like I said, do tweet us. It will always be nice if you've got any topic suggestions. Uh, we're always welcome for that. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, Will. And we will see you all again next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.